When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. It's the day after we had an opportunity to spend time with Notre Dame coordinators Chip Long and Clark Lee. Lots of good stuff to talk about here today. Where do you guys want to start? Uh, Chip Long, I thought it was a varied, enjoyable interview because uh, as much as there's a positive spin on 90% of things and you wanted to Kind of what you want to accentuate the positive last spring when you talk to him publicly as well. But I thought he was there's some good insight into kind of admitting like I wish I had done something different at Clemson, while noting that might not have been a bad idea for some guys to make some plays that were there too. In a way, which is totally true. Um, And I thought the most exciting news was just that he seems much more positive about Chase Claypool because I thought they need. I know Claypool's going to go out and play and play fine and play well, but maybe he can be more than pretty good. Like he was last year. That was a surprise to me. His commentary on Claypool, because like the off-season vibe from you know the season ending to spring starting mm-hmm. was more like this guy needs to move around the formation. You know, be more of a, a true number one. You can't just go, hey, I'm going to line up to the field. I'm going to line up to the boundary, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm going to play for for 13 games. So the fact that one, I think Claypool fits exactly where he is. But if I don't think Long's uh, compliments to Claypool were just about like, well, he's a really good boundary receiver to replace Boykin. It was more like he's coming in, he's becoming an all-around receiver. And it, I think that Notre Dame's receiver depth chart is, um, it's kind of like paper numbers right now. It's like, it's, two not, guys. it's, it's not real it really depth. Is. Yeah, they, have, two guys. they have some guys who are interesting, <laughs> but only two of them have played. I do have a, a high degree of... Uh, optimism about Michael Young. I think you can um, logically project him to have a, yeah, kind of a 40-catch you know? type right. season. Um, but beyond that, they need more. And if they don't get it, Claypool's going to have to stay on the field the whole time. And it, it seems like the coaches actually would be comfortable with that happening. Yeah, I, I, I really wasn't surprised about his comments about Claypool because I think Claypool has been trending in in uh, in, in Chip Long's mind. So, But, you know, I think he's taken it to a different degree. We talked about Tim about him not being a SWAT team leader, but clearly you can see that he's become that. Yeah, uh, I think a guy like Troy Pride's not a SWAT team leader, but he's a he does yeah, a good job back there. And right. He's grown into it too. There's there's some obvious guys that are SWAT team to leaders, me that, and they're in it. Yeah, to to me, and we touched upon this in the instant analysis. The more interesting comment was Braden Lindsey's catching the football well, which is something that we never would have heard at any time during the fall. But he's stronger. He's more focused. He's not running track. Uh, he's probably grown up a little bit from the whole experience last year of her last season not having the opportunity to play. So that's that's a real positive. I you know I also think that I mean I think you know and I've said I'll, I'll believe it when I see it with Komet. I don't. That's not because I don't believe in him being a player, but I think that he's about ready to emerge. And I feel the same way you guys do about Michael Young. I I, I think Chip Long feels good about him. Um, you know that <laughs> we were looking for positive comments about Kevin Austin, and I, I really was just looking for a comment, not a positive right one. <laughs> and I got a well, comment. Well, you got a comment because what does he need to improve upon? And it was 
basically life in general. Uh, it was it was his day to day operations of being a student athlete and football player. It was life off the field. Life I think off is the, the way field it was. was uh, we're yeah, probably but, we're probably exaggerating by saying life, but it was day to day life. No, it the really commentary. Was. And there's look if a guy just doesn't travel when he's played all year, played sparingly, but played all year, doesn't travel to Syracuse. They say, oh yeah, no, he's still on the team. Or no, he's still he's back in good standing. Doesn't travel to L.A. He's available. He's on the menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- there was obviously something going on there, and I just figured at this point it would be cleared up, and apparently it's not. No, it's yet. not. So he has, he has progress to make. I mean, I, you know, as far as other positions, uh, the word is that Ian Book is throwing the football very very well. Uh, Chip Long is. You know, I don't I don't think Chip Long. Look, if you throw a name out to him, he'll say something positive about the guy. Yeah, if you, he, but, he but if does. you say, what does a guy need to do to improve? Where does he need to get better? Then I think he'll answer that, you know, a little bit more forthrightly, a little bit more honestly. He's very happy with um, um, Armstrong at running back, Jones at running back. Jones at running back apparently has a new frame of mind back there. I think um, Armstrong is like the coach's dream, it appears, because Pete, you asked the question. Oh, yeah. Kind of know what you're going to get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he just seems like he is... He is showing up, working as hard no, as he can. Uh, he's a practice player as a compliment. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think you know, when you describe right. someone as a yeah. good practice player, that means they are not good. Well, at games. he will be. He will become good in games. Yeah, I'm confident but of that. He's basically uh, I, the comment that I heard was like, "If you give me any eighty-five Jafar Armstrongs, we'll win a national championship." Um, and that's like that. That's pretty. You can't get any higher praise no, than can't. that. I mean, he's, he's exactly the kind of player that. Lance Taylor is going to love to coach. Chip Long is going to love to call plays for. Brian Kelly is going to just sort of love to eventually put out front in the program a little bit more than he has. It also sounds like, well, yeah, Armstrong's certainly capable of being a voice for that, that football team. But it also sounds like Jared Patterson, the young center, is a, is a model practice player as well. He does. He comes to, you know, both him and Brian Kelly said the same thing. Chip Long said that, you know, I mean, he comes to work, he's the same guy every day, which is really, it is a great compliment. Uh, if you've ever coached, you get the same guy every day. That's a, that's a really too. good, yeah, that's, 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 a, really, that's good. a really, really good thing. Uh, I had asked about Eichenberg and I, where I said, where does he need to get better? And it's just basically, he's got to turn it loose. Now, Liam Eichenberg doesn't seem to be the type of guy that has difficulty just lining up and getting after you. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and it's kind of like everyone talks about confidence. Kept, you know, he's more confident. And you think, how are some guys not confident? They seem so confident. I think it's confidence in your technique and your training, not confidence in your ability. In other words, offensive line, if you don't know when you have to release that block, if you don't know right. where your step has to be, you're just not as good. And I think Mike McGlinchey was that uh, even up until his last year. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had eight false starts. He didn't. Have, he had one false start his last year because he didn't care about false starting. He wasn't going to false start. He knew everything was going on. I think Liam Eikenberg is a pretty confident dude in himself. Yeah. but that's just a different. No, I world. think that's a good way of explaining. It. Whereas Aaron Banks, Chip Long said, "There's no problem with confidence there," that's and funny. that's no, that, and that, it was, and that's good, that's good stuff to hear because I think as he becomes, as he transitions into a second year starter. And I'd like to think the same thing's going to happen with Eichenberg too. I mean I, I believe that that's going to happen. Clearly in in speaking with Robert Haynes the other day, I think we see a very confident leader type guy there. And Tommy Kramer is a lot thinner and the word is that his feet are a lot better. And if his feet are a lot better, he's got a chance to be a pretty good guard. You know, we man, 
you know, Kramer's got two more years to play. It's it's almost like, you know, we've determined. Yeah, Eichenberg, too. And right. Uh, no, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's almost like we've determined that, wow, Kramer's not going to get better, right. you know, because he has, he did lose his job temporarily last season. And, uh, but he still has two years to go. And he, he was a four to five star guy. And if he's trimmer and can move his feet because they want to put their, their guards on the move. I think he still has a chance to be a pretty good football player. Yeah, I mean, next, that's a skip way ahead, but they'll they'll return all five starting offensive linemen next year and nine starters on offense. And well, there's a question that the, actually addresses that. But the, that. the Eichenberg part, it's a good transition into Clark Lee because I thought one of the interesting things Clark Lee said yesterday was just about how with young players, a lot of times they read the play as like a line in the playbook and don't understand anything above it, below it, what you're trying to do it with it how to go beyond it i think eichenberg was just like sort of trying to do his job and like sort of he's get to get you you know you get in your own head sometimes um i think if you're a younger player where if you he's not sure how your technique is going to work against ray sean gary or chase winovich or brian burns <laughs> or cleveland farrell yeah, he, had a, brian. he had a list man um that's tough, and I think when you're you're trying to find your own way, that's that's a challenge. So that that confidence, and then also just sort of understanding what the offense is trying to do, um, will I think be a big, big boost for him. Because I think on the defensive side of the ball, Clark Lee looks at that situation and is like, "All right, I mean that the way that I sort of described it is." Last year, he had to figure out how to play a winning hand. Now he needs to figure out how to get better cards. Yeah, and you asked a question yeah. that 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 was was. A good question, and you know everything. Everything that comes out of Clark Lee's mouth generally is interesting, yeah. you know, because he's just got such a cerebral perspective on everything. I thought the comment about, you know, we don't. He said we don't have in-game experience, but we have system experience, and there's a lot of truth to that. To a large degree, this is the third year of the system. It, it was fairly seamless from Elko to to Clark Lee, and I, I thought that was interesting. Tim, I know that you're going to be writing about linebacker rotation and. I've I've you know, I've been curious. Okay, you can rotate on the D line. Do you do you want to do that? Other positions? Do the positions some prevent you from doing that? Maybe the way it would defensive line. And he said, you know, that the defensive system is built for rotation. So they're looking for that. Obviously, they're looking for two starters on the inside yeah. at linebacker. And he doesn't want a depth chart right now. Uh, and and I get that. You really you can't have one, uh, especially with the way you have to approach it with these young inside linebackers. I think it's great that some guys that were third, that ran out third when we went to the first practice, were running out first. We heard yesterday, no, or that's the, the day way before, to do whatever. It. I it think was, that's that, the way to do it. That there's that many, and and I'm it, I, I kind of want to ask. Maybe I have to ask Brian Kelly at this point, but what he meant by we're we're putting him out there in kind of groups. I want to know if. Is it because you need a communicator with every group? So does John Jones need to be away from another communicator where John Jones can help? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Shane just, Simon, just, and then you have another communicator that can help the other guys. Asmar Bilal could is a veteran maybe just to communicate. To, to, you know, some continuity with the guy next to you. Yeah. Just so you know, he's going to step here, and I'm going to step here. Maybe, maybe it's that. I, I don't know, but I think that that. I mean, it has to be the right way to go about it. Um, like Brian Kelly, defensive tackle depth. Um, you know, Clark Clark Lee feels like they have enough or will have enough when everybody comes back. I think it's a positive outlook by a coach thinking <laughs> the guys that aren't here will help us. And we just look at it kind of realistically, like how many of the injured guys are really going to help in September when you need him at Georgia. Which freshman, even though you're going to maybe have Howard Cross be there, is he really going to be an effective player against the likes of Georgia, Michigan, and stuff like that his first year? And I also look at it, 
he's looking at the guys he has out there, and they look fine to him because no one's gotten hurt yet. Yeah, well, you certainly can't. You certainly this year cannot afford. <laughs> yeah, I just for a defensive tackle to break his foot in game one. I just assume an injury, and that gives you three. Yeah, that's how I look at that position. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's also your coach describing your players. What are you going to say? Uh, Lacey, I'm not I'm not feeling Lacey at all. And like, no, but yeah. Brian Kelly says he thinks he's going to be ready to play early. Now that's a definitive statement. I know I know there can be hyperbole involved, but to make a definitive statement like that, and quite frankly, going into the spring, I mean, I think I've been saying for a couple months, I think Jacob Lacey is going to be ready to play early no, in I the year. Think, yeah. I mean, if these other young defensive linemen from the last couple of years have been able to do it, there's no reason why he can't do it. Mine has little to do with thinking those four individual guys can play. Just that one of them, if you lose one, they get so overloaded. You need it to affects stay, all of them. So you yeah. need you especially need to stay healthy in September because then maybe you buy yourself some time for a Howard Cross to develop a little bit yeah. or for Hunter Spears to be back up to full speed. Frank, know, Franklin, we keep Franklin. Yeah. It's still big red flag, yeah. um, you know, as to when exactly he will he'll be ready. But we have seen him right in the weight room squatting. I know that's that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be football ready, um, but that's a start. The comments about Shane Simon, I think, are very encouraging. We've seen what he looks like physically. He looks very good. We know that he's a mature kid. I think some of the comments by Clark Lee about, you know, just being open to, hey, coach, I just want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, my confidence in him being able to hit the ground running this year is on the rise. Yeah, I thought that Clark's comments about um, the fact that he was disappointed in his freshman season was was maybe the most telling uh, because, you know, how do you, how do you process how your first year went? You can mope about it or you can get on the field or you can feel like, well, I'm just naturally going to move up now because well, I'll moved inside and Tranquil moved out. Um, but it doesn't seem like Simon's approach is going to be that way. And I mean, look, he was, he was really the first guy they, that was recruited for the Rover yeah. position specifically to be a Rover. Um, so if it, there's really no reason to think it wouldn't work out because it's it's not like this is a diamond in the rough rover yeah, prospect yeah. as a top 100 player coming out of high school. So I, I think he's on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, the, the the guy that I'd like to see most get out there in full pads and hit somebody is is probably Shane Simon. We uh, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where you don't uh, you don't root for the guy that you think is best for the position and you just watch it. Right. But your guy to root for would be Shane Simon, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, because you want a guy that's really that you think is really good. And they a, think is really good. There's a level of maturity yeah. there that 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 he possesses. Yeah. So it, you it, want him to you want him to step forward and be on the field. Yes. I think it's very important. That sports writers do not cheer for players on the depth chart. Well, that you that you believe will be good. I mean, you can, you can be wrong. Yeah, like right. for instance, and if you're wrong, be... admit that you're wrong and uh, 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 objectively analyze what you're seeing and move on from there. We, one thing we may have jumped the gum on uh, is Brock Wright being wrong about Brock Wright when we had him so high because he has made some strides here. We'll and, see. Well, I think getting down to 248 and impressing Chip Long helps. I don't. At this point last year, Brian Kelly, or maybe it was a little later in the year, Brian Kelly and Chip Long were both saying about Brock Wright, is he going to go downfield right. and catch there, passes? No. And we're all like, what? Right. What? Now, there, there, to <laughs> me, there's an mean? example of where he's complimentary and he didn't have to be. He yeah. wouldn't have been if he wasn't. He threw in well. Brock Wright when I asked him about wide receivers. Right, right, so right. that's that's why it was something for me. As always, a compliment from a coach about a player means more when he's ripped that player six months earlier. Yes. You know, And I, I think in the case of yeah. Brock Wright, it was all critique and criticism a year ago. 
and then he played like a a player who that critique and criticism was accurate because he was you know a fullback and you didn't you didn't see the flexibility. To, right. I mean, even the touchdown he had at Wake Forest, it looked like yeah, that was, it was a like, struggle. Yeah. <laughs> to make that catch. Yeah. Um, if they feel like he can be a four hundred snap player and threaten you at least a little bit in the scene, yeah, or, just or even bit. just shoot, just run the stuff that Ali Mack ran and like break one tackle. Um, that that would be good, and I think that's that's totally in bounds for Brock Wright. Houston Griffith, that boundary cornerback, um, you know, the comment by Clark Lee about having elite skills at that position uh, is important. Uh, you know, and, and I and I mean, clearly he he loves Avery Davis. It was interesting. He uh, Clark Lee talking about how you know when you're on the defensive side of the ball, you're always kind of looking at some of the offensive players and wonder. Hmm, I wonder if I get him, you know, what we can do with him, or I wonder if we might, he might end up on defense. That was Avery Davis. That's what Polian says about special teams, too. Yeah, I'm well, these, sure, I'm, I'm absolutely. I'm begging for these guys to Yeah, absolutely. And... Well, and, and Clark Lee couldn't have been any more um, showering of praise that, uh, on Avery Davis, and, uh, and that's really encouraging, too. I asked if he was a boundary or a field corner. Somebody asked afterwards, could he play nickel, and I wish I would have seen that question or thought of it myself when we were, it's, you know, you're, we, we condense a lot of questions in that half hour, and it's it's hard to get to every one of them. Well, occasionally, it, it's hard to, in the first meeting with them, ask about all second-string guys, too. You know, you can't have a full report on yeah. every second-string player, because yeah. there's there, there's some other important players on the team, too. I mean, we also get to see them. Yeah. Like, we had seven full practices? Yeah, it's, it's going to be helpful. It's, it, it's, just, helpful. it's amazing so, like, what we're going to get to we'll, see. We'll be the judge of those second team players. <laughs> That's right. <Starkly. laughs> That's all you need to know. So, uh, Houston Griffith, elite skills at that position is important to clarify. He means boundary position, and Houston Griffith has size, short space, quickness. Yeah, and you're not putting him on an island playing one on one over the field in a nickel roll, two way go, trying to cover yeah. Greg Dorch. So I'm not really sure. Do you have any idea who might be working a nickel right now? I, that was a question that was begging I mean, I don't to think be they asked. It, probably. They probably no. You're right. They, you're yeah. right. They probably haven't even considered. Yeah, working I, on that. And yet. I doubt that they will do a whole lot of that in spring because, like, it, in some ways, it's like, okay, if our top two nickels are going to be Sean Crawford and Kyle Hamilton, what's the point of yeah, really but spending you, extensive they'll, amount they'll of time? No, but you have, but you have yeah. to prepare for the fact that Kyle Hamilton. And maybe isn't as good as you hoped yeah. when he gets on the field, and that Crawford isn't I think physically. You, I think you probably stick Tariq Bracy out there and just see. That's a good point. Start yeah. with that. That's a good one. That's see a good what point. happens. All right, we'll be back segment two with questions. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, Burning Up the Boards. Our first question comes from at DRJK4. What do you think Chip Long and Clark Lee would do differently if they had the Clemson game to do over? I know what Chip Long would do differently because he told us. Chip Long said he would uh, like to schematically stay out of the chains a little more with the running game. Just yeah. find a way to maybe stick with it and give Ian Book. It would have been, I mean, ideally, I think that would have been. It would have been tough to do more than what sure. they did. But yeah, I, I, they could do more than three points. No, I mean, yeah. as far as what they ran, what they did in the <laughs> running right. game. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there was 80, plenty 20, of room 80, there. Uh, I mean, Ian Book played poorly. Uh, I, you know, is that something the coaches could have wired him differently or had him prepared. I, I don't know. Um, when you, when you miss, 
I mean, it's up to he's got to. If a guy breaks open and you don't see him, uh, you know, at that point of the season, he 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 saw them most of the season. Yeah. He may have overthrown them a good portion of the season, but he at least saw them and threw. And I guess there were instances where he didn't do that. So I don't know. I, I you know I'm not exactly sure what a, a coach is always responsible if a player doesn't play well. I, I think. Mean, that, but Long was saying he would have tried to protect Ian Book a little bit more than he yeah. Did. Yeah, I did. Like they just. I don't mean by blocking. I mean, protect him from having goes, to carry the game. Against it goes Kosley. back to something that we said in the lead up to the game that all year Notre Dame had had a coordinator advantage, and then they ran into Clemson and they didn't. Right, and that showed it. Yeah, a, nor it did, did they have a big, big way. On the other side of the X's ball, I don't too. know what Clark Lee would say, but I would have to think it would involve Dante <laughs> Vaughn and maybe rolling your coverages a little bit more to protect him. Uh, remember, we're sitting in a press box. Pete wasn't. He was detached from Tim and me. And it's oh, like, yeah. They sent you over to the other side. Yeah, and it's yeah. like... Yeah. But I was still in the press. Oh, my yes. God. Yeah, yes. It's yes. like, oh, my place. God, Dante Vaughn's in the game. They're going to yeah, we, go right at him. I, but the, the beginning of it was, I'm looking down, binoculars, you know. Oh, I was yeah. always, and I'm like, wait, wait, Where's wait, love? wait. And it, because there's no reason he would be out for, like, a play. Nope. Uh, I mean, for more than one play. One play, you come out because something happened. But I said, hmm, this is going to be something bad soon. Yeah. And they it, figured it out. Yeah, yeah. They did. They did. Um, you got to remember about Vaughn. He was benched at midseason for a lackadaisical effort getting beat against Oh, Pitt. yeah. Remember the one play where he just didn't react yeah, to it. Yeah, Tariq Bracey, a true freshman who isn't strong enough to be playing, worked his way ahead of him. And, you know, that's doesn't really, really drilling down the Clemson game right now, but talking to Todd Light before that game, he basically, and I, I didn't really think about it at the time because they had a guy named Julian Love, he basically said... In a way, Bracey kind of got beaten out because of what happened to him at USC. He got benched there. Yeah, right. and I hadn't thought about that that carrying over to the game, as I said, because they had Julian Love. But right. that that was that's a rough one. So they, yeah. they just didn't have anywhere to go. At da Dixon four oh eight, did any of Long's or Lee's comments surprise you? What was the positivity? Just your average spring fluff, or can we take it at face value? Um, I mean, I said the Claypool surprised me. Um, me too. Yeah, that was that was Long's commentary. I'm trying to think if there was. I don't think there was anything Clark Lee that said that really surprised me. Um, you know, it's the defense is is very much an unknown commodity right now, and Clark Lee knows that and sort of accepts that and is going to roll with that. Um, you know, with with Long and the offensive side of the ball, other than Claypool, I think his. The Claypool commentary was the only thing that I heard that was like, oh, it's kind of new. Um, and, it, you know, it's spring practice. I don't know if it's – it's probably positively and some spring fluff and some stuff you can take at face value. I think there's always a little spring fluff unless you talk to Mike Elston. <laughs> yeah. doesn't yeah. – he doesn't mince words. Maybe, I mean, maybe I, that's why he's not available. He likes to get – I feel like it might be. He likes to tell you if, if, if the guy's not doing well, he says he has a long way to go, and then he talks about that he's a good person. And then you know, and then you know that they have a long way to go. But uh, it's, great personality. He's does. A good, he, he he's has a mentioned good, kid. good kids. A lot of and they, those guys don't end up being any good at football. But there are some good kids that he has. You know, I think Pete, you had mentioned this to us. I don't. I don't remember if it was on the podcast. I, I don't think it was. So I wasn't surprised by this. And Tim, neither would you have been when he said Robert Hainsey was the number one um, graded out player on the offense last year from start to finish. That would surprise. That surprised us when we all I three was, of us when we heard it the first time. Yes, I was and, surprised when I heard that the first time. Yes, so was I, and you were you were I'm sure as well. And that would surprise everybody listening right now. 
on the offense last year from start to finish. That Robert Hainsey was the number one graded out. Right, player. and we're talking about consistency of, of assignment, yeah, play after play right. after play, specifically. Um, so that would surprise. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, mean, I liked Hainsey more than a lot of people liked Hainsey last year, but I wouldn't have. Right. I, I had three guesses, and I didn't come up with Hainsey, so I that thought, surprises I thought yeah. Hainsey kind of got off to a slow start. Well, but he again, definitely I did, can't. but he was hurt. Yeah, I mean, he was, right, yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. Dashing Domer, Chip Long talked about the explosive 2017 offense and the, the efficient 2018 offense. How do you anticipate the 2019 offense will stack up to those two teams with the efficiency of Ian Book and new skill position options? Um, I think much more efficient than explosive because I'm, I'm not sure I look at the offensive skill positions and I see a lot of explosive running around. Um, yeah, and you I don't see, have Dexter Williams. I see a lot of experienced players, you know, with Claypool and Fink in particular. You know, Komet's played a bunch. Armstrong played a little bit. Tony Jones has played a bunch, but... Um, you know, could, could Armstrong be as good as Dexter Williams? Yes, I could. I could see that. Um, could Claypool be better than Boykin? Yes, I could see that. And then Fink could be better than Fink. Fink could be better than well, Fink. Komet, I, Komet can certainly be a, a oh, more yeah. presence that, downfield. That was not that Mac. it makes you explosive, but Komet being a presence downfield makes you so much more efficient. It might just result in more big plays. Yeah. Because if that's a real threat down the seam, Cole Komet. Yes. We're talking at least as good of a year as Troy Nicholas, and I know people can't really remember how well he did his junior year when he's running touchdowns in against Michigan and things like that. At least that. Then I understand where explosiveness comes from. I just don't. I don't think explosiveness means the 2017 where they're running up and they down were, the field all the time. They were explosive in 2017 because of Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. a weird way to look at an explosive offense. But they just kicked the crap out of so many people in the front seven that it was just like. Anyone can be explosive if no one is there. Like, if I just went out to Notre Dame Stadium and ran 50 yards down the field and there were no defenders, I would look explosive. That's what it, the Josh Adams running behind those yeah. two guys. That's what, And Adams was an explosive player. To, he, yeah, he had a lot of long runs. He had a 90-yard yeah. run. When he, he had a, a lot of runs player. where nobody touched him. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, so, somewhere in between those two? Yeah. I, I, or, I, I or think not, a more or, efficient or, offense with... Comet and let's say one guy clicks and one extra receiver clicks. It can be it's yeah. they'll be more explosive than last year because as Chip Long said, they had two plays of over fifty yards last year. Yeah, uh, in the passing game. If they're more explosive, we will be talking about some you know kind of a Braden Lindsey, Young, Keys, and it doesn't need to be a lot. It doesn't need to be Will Fuller. Almost just need to be like freshman year Chris Brown, a couple times. a couple times. Good because it won't be Will Fuller. No. Hey, <laughs> Yeah, as Brian Kelly said to Pete Thamel, it's like, we just got to get this offense where we have Will Fuller and Michael Floyd at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. <that's... laughs> Who, who's going to get that there? Because, <laughs> My mind is blown. Chip Long's thinking at that point. Yeah, we do need that. <laughs> Bring those in, please. At B-Man underscore 2017, would it be a better indicator for the kind of season Notre Dame had in 2019 if... Ian Book enters the draft, or all five starters don't return on the offensive line. This question's so complex, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I know. I can't. I means, cannot answer it. I, it means what is better? What shows a better year in 2019 out of those two things happening? In other words, Book is good enough to say I'm going, or one of the offensive linemen says I'm. No, going. it says all five starters oh. don't return. Oh, yeah. I think I think O'Malley is reading it correctly, and it was worded incorrectly that like. One, one offensive of lineman or two offensive linemen would, would go pro. Oh, to all maybe a, like I, Jared Patterson transfers. Like I don't even know. What the, <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, I could have. There's a chance that I could have typed it in incorrectly. Yeah, okay. B man. So I blame B man. Anyway, first of all, I don't think any offensive lineman is going to leave after this year. Uh, when Eric Heastan was here, that that wouldn't have happened. 
I don't know if that changes under Jeff Quinn or not. I mean, it only I don't happened. Think it, it only won't. happened. It, only it happened won't. With... I mean, I, there isn't any of those offensive linemen that's going to emerge from 2019 ready to Ronnie go. Ronnie Stanley NFL. didn't leave early. Yeah, <laughs> he was a senior. Well, he no, he's a graduating no, he senior. Left that's a, not early. He left after four years. But right, these guys right, right, are not right. even that yet. Yeah, it's like Quentin Nelson had a well, decision. Ronnie Stanley had a decision. Those guys were both top ten picks. Right, and Quentin Nelson did not have much. Of a Nobody here is a top ten pick right now. Yeah, I I think Ian Book will be going. We've to the draft. Ta- I was just going to say we've all talked about Ian here. Book. Yeah. Ian Book's going to have a really really solid year. I'll and change this back around. He's going to be interested in leaving after this coming season. I'll change it. If Ian Book doesn't enter the draft, they didn't have a very good year. Well, that's true. Yes, mm. you want Ian Book to be thinking, "I'm ready for the draft." Yes, <laughs> you absolutely he, want that. Although he was kind of thinking that already That's after what I'm this saying. past if season. He, better, he has to improve. I mean, I guess if his numbers are the same and then extrapolates over 13 games and he plays a good bowl game, his numbers could be the same and he would certainly go pro. But you, you just want to see an improved Ian Book, and an improved Ian Book is giving it a shot. He considered a shot this year. Yes, That's, I think that he considered a shot this year based off his October and the first part right, of November. Right. Yes, yeah. yeah, pre-bowl. If he can, have, he can have 13 games of October. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're onto something. And again, I said this in the first segment. The word from the practice field is Ian Book is really throwing the football very well. Not a shock. Judge Arthur Vandelay, what is your confidence level in the development of the following players? And I'll ask you guys to say high, medium, or low. The first player... Listed is Jafar Armstrong. I to quote Pete, all of the confidence. Yes, <laughs> me as well. Cole Komet. Uh Hi, because I, I feel like I bought that stock. Like <laughs> yeah. Ago, <laughs> and I oh, you're cheering for him. Cheering for, you are cheering for Cole Komet. I'm, I'm not freaking selling. You stock. might owe me a drink on that one. Yeah. Uh, I, mine is high as well. Mine also is high. Liam Eikenberg. Medium. I think mine's almost high because I kind of bought that stock last year after the Virginia Tech quote just for no reason. Yeah, well, I mean, well, that, that was a good reason. <laughs> that was a good reason. Uh, not as high as Cole Komet, but I it's, I would say high. I think Liam Eikenberg will have a good year. I do. Can I say medium high? Yeah. It's like a sure. it's like turning the heat up. Yeah, medium as high opposed to simmer. high medium, it would be medium high. I have some skepticism, mm. but I agree. I think that <laughs> I think I mean, I think he's going to find that aggressiveness and turn it on and be a really good Left tackle. Now, will he? He'll be at his best in 2020 as opposed to 2019. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, where are we at? Um, the Kurt Heinisch slash Myron Tagovailoa Mosa. Mine is medium because it would be high. It would be off the charts high if they were in the role they were in last year. If yeah. they were behind Tillery, an All American, yeah, and but a senior. they're not. So right. that's the point. So right? it's medium. That's my point. That's Medi- why. Medium for similar reasons because I think you're going to watch the games and be like, ah. Tillery's Tiller not there. Tillery was even better than I thought, um, playing with, like, one shoulder. So <laughs> It's going to be, like, I, ro- rotating think, after Manti? Yeah, I think <laughs> these guys will be good. They'll both be more productive than, like, a Bonner was last year. I mean, Heinrich sort of, like, was was, yeah. was co-starting with Bonner by the end of the year. I think MTA will be a good college player, but it's hard to look at him and yeah, think, it, uh, he's a future player. It is, and now Heinrich is the starter, and so can he be as effective as he was in you know, where he could just go out there and play as hard as... That's what I know. mean. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, so I would say medium also. Asmar Bilal. Mm, medium low? That's a minus two. I would say medium high. I, I, I just... I thought Clark Lee talking about how physical he is was good to hear. That they, yeah. that they I just feel that about think him. that, I, you know, we, we all have a tendency, fans especially, but I would include us in that, 
to, you know, a guy is struggling, we don't put enough value into the experience that they've gained. And I think the point about him being stressed spatially, like Clark Lee said, because he speaks better than everybody else, at Rover <laughs> makes sense. He's, does, he's not a guy that should be running around out there, right? And when I wrote spatially, I wrote S-P-A-C-I-A-L. I'm like, why does that keep saying that's not correct? Because it's S P A T I A L in outer space. Just a little insight into the writing world. You've been, you know, had to cover Tanud and Van Gorda. They didn't use spatially a lot, so there was. No. <laughs> yeah, Clark had some new terms. I was like, "What are these?" Like, it's like I discipline feels so like 2016. Yeah, they're not new terms yeah. like Diaco's. Where you don't I get transition? it. Like transition, like that one of them. I transition, right? Yeah. And they're not Diaco-ish terms, whereas like the dragon and the red pepper and the right. cornbread. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. just terms. If you made that... this cake with fish oil, you probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, no crap. Uh, so uh, maybe medium-ish. I'll give Bilal the I just, Okay, that. here's what I think of Bilal. I'm just not sure how much better he's going to get. Yeah. And that's, I, that's like because the question is about development. These guys taking big steps forward. That's true. Well, all I feel like will be a capable buck linebacker, um, but I but I think that's it. That's what I'm kind of thinking that maybe he's a bu- better buck linebacker than Rover linebacker because he's he's yeah. more centrally located. And talking to Tranquil recently, talking about you know when you're at Rover, you just you have one read and you can play it. Well, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm kind of contradicting right? myself there if I. I don't know. You I don't know what know. I would we'll say. See. About, We're going to see. I would say this about Bilal compared to the others. We have no idea. Yeah. Okay. That's okay a good, that, that is a good way to sum it up. <laughs> Maddie Hebs, 14. I'm concerned about the depth of tight end. How do George Takis and Tommy Tremble look early in the spring, and do you feel they are ready for uh, when their number is called on? Uh, speaking of just not knowing. Yeah. That would be the answer to this one. Uh, heard, heard good things on both, right? In offseason. Uh, Depends on the day. That sounded fun. Uh, okay, well, then I heard good things yesterday <laughs> yeah. about Tommy Tremble yeah. and what he's capable of doing athletically. Um, and I said the other day, I think George Takis looks good in a football uniform. I, that was Notice. one of the guys on day one where I thought, okay, that looks like a pretty good football player. Now, top three catch we, we of August camp. Enough. Top three catch of August camp, George Takis, before he, but he got, was hurt in the spring mm-hmm. last year, came back in, made the leaping touch in 11 on 11, too, a leaping touchdown grab. Uh, but then we saw him again in December, and he was once again on the sidelines. So yeah. staying healthy, obviously, is big. yeah. Depth of tight end, you should be concerned because yes. there's yeah, there's, there's. I mean, they like to have four that they can roll out there, and they right. don't know that they have four they can roll out there. They have two they can roll out there. And when one gets hurt, then you have real concerns. Yeah, yeah, it's fair concern. Matt yeah, it is. Uh, Sr. Senior five four five two. What do you guys think of Ovia Gofu? Moving to defensive end. Ask me in 2020. Yeah, it's a great. It's an interesting 2020. Yeah, he's not going to see the light of day now. No, they have they have five or six defensive ends that they're going to play. They might they have they might have to redshirt a senior that was a, played a little last year. We talked about that in Jameer Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah they have the best. I mean, I can't. You never say best. Best is wrong because I don't know what Alabama has a defensive end right now. But they have the best two deep defensive ends at Notre Dame since the Holtz era right now. Oh my God, that's absolutely true. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Remarkable, absolutely true, and might even. I mean, I, when you can go, when you can go three deep, yeah. I, I, you know what? You know what I like about him at defensive end. They moved him there last December, knowing how many defensive ends they had, and I don't think it's because they don't like him. Well, yeah. I mean, like, like in some ways, it's they asked me in twenty twenty because Notre Dame will play football in twenty twenty, and all the defensive ends on this team will 
Yeah, except the, one, for the significant yeah. ones won't be there. Right, right. Um, so you, you got to have somebody out there. I mean, if you said Notre Dame's starting top three defense ends were Adi Ogundeji, Jameer Jones, and Obi Agufu, I don't think we would feel all that great about it. So, so we need to wait till 2020. But yeah. it was a smart to it's smart to like let's get the development yep. happening there. So when 2020 comes around, this guy can be a 20 snap player. And he's you. drop for most for people yeah. that are wondering. He's the drop end. That would be the Aquara yes. and Hayes position. Yep. 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 Grumpy Leprechaun, what is your degree of frustration when fans assist, insist they know where a kid is going and refi- refuses to believe the intel you are being told? <laughs> or you report a guy ran a four four seven according to the coach and no one believes you? Uh, after we answer that, I'll give you the second part. I, I didn't mind that. Uh, I just wanted to point it out after a year of, look how slow he is. I'm like, I'm telling you, man, it can't be that slow. There was no reason for BK to lie about well, that. It was no, an aside comment okay, to me. All right. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like for everybody to hear and say, yeah. hey, we have speed. It was He was telling me something. Like, the context of the comment, it was significant. Right. Look, right. I understand when people, like, will make a statement and they're like, well, how, is, is that your opinion or do you have actual oh, intel yeah. that... Yeah. And I get that. And a lot of times, many, many times, yes. already I've done it today, where I've said things that I know to be true, and it's not just me From intel. hoping. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I understand the skepticism of people at times, but I hope then you can in turn understand my frustration when I react to you second-guessing what I know to be true. Somebody once said to me during Monday Musings, um, responded like, you're, you're acting like you know... Why don't you say this is your opinion? I go, the whole column is my opinion. <laughs> what do you mean it's my opinion? This, I would have to say, in my opinion, in my opinion, in my opinion. It's all my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a review but, of the game. But opinions yeah. are shaped in different ways yes. many yes. times. Yeah, and stuff can change. Coaches can be wrong. Coaches can be surprised. I mean, right. I think Chip Long would tell you that at this time last year, Chase Claypool and Dexter Williams were very much on nice edge, yeah. whether they yeah. were whether that was going to work at all, and they both came good. And so our educated opinion a year ago was one thing, because yes. that was how things were. And then our educated opinion at, in December was another thing, because that's how things were. I think, a, excuse me, Tim, a, a good example of what we're talking about here is uh, Matty Hebbs, I think, had said uh, on the message board that Hey, I said that Houston Griffiths should play boundary corner. We didn't completely support that because our intel at the time was telling us no, he was going to stay at safety. So they're in a lot a lot of times it's not you just we're not always going to say, as you say, in my opinion, right. or we have learned that yeah, you yeah. just make the statement sometimes. I think it's a good question by, or uh well there's another part of this question too you want to get to, but um Pete, how about when you insisted you had uh where you knew a recruit was going and what? You had intel where a recruit was going, and someone says you're wrong. You're like, well, he's going to sign tomorrow, but there's yeah. <laughs> just that. Like, there's a story that I'm working on right now about a kid who's going to end up at Notre Dame because right. he said off the record I'm going to Notre Dame. So, yeah. Uh, the last part of that question he's was five star. He's great, right? Yeah. Okay. When are we going to see Tim and or Tim making crystal ball picks? <laughs> Stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your lane. That's not going to be me. My, I'll evalu- crystal, my crystal ball yeah. pick will be on Notre Dame, Georgia. It'll come yeah. in uh, yeah. June. I'll evaluate the hell out of a yeah. player, but yeah. I'm not. We, the, here's the point. Our role is we don't speak to right. recruits. No, exactly. Recruits. Kevin and Tom handled the Right, yes. exactly. So neither one of us will be participating in Brian Kelly doesn't even have a crystal, crystal ball. Balls. He said that. 
the other day. Oh. <laughs> At Big Mac 24, any updates on the progression of Kofi Wardlow, Joe Wilkins, and Isaiah Robertson? And there again, there's a second part to this question. Not, I got nothing on any of those guys. Uh, no, I don't. You know, Wardlow, this means this should even be brought up on a podcast because the way they ran out that first practice means nothing. But Wardlow did go out the force. Um, I say the only update I would give is that Joe Wilkins staying at wide receiver does not bury him like I thought moving to corner right. would. The coaches talk about well, Joe Wilkins. Yes. The coaches don't volunteer information on Wardlow and Isaiah Roberts. Right. And Isaiah Roberts is on his third position. Um, now, so is Avery Davis. That's why Pete mentioned taking that with a grain of salt. But Isaiah Robertson went safety, rover, or buck, I don't remember. I think that must have been rover, and wide receiver, and wide receivers last August. If you don't hear anything about Isaiah Robertson at all this spring, you know about Isaiah Robertson. Okay, well, he came out as the third W the other day. Let's give him our eight practices we watch. I mean, look, Javon McKinley at spring at times last year, I, I think it was me and Matt Freeman kept saying, I don't want to report this, but he looks pretty good every once in a while. <laughs> you know, he just, because he, you, then you talk to the coaches and he's not even close. Right, right, right. But so if Isaiah Robertson doesn't do that, then you'll know where Isaiah Robertson is headed in his, in his development of wide receiver. He's just, he's not somebody that we think to ask about and he's not somebody and the so coaches they don't. think to answer about. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way of putting it. Second part of the question, any updates on, on quarterback Tyler Butner? He'll be a, a junior this year. Um, the comment here by Big Mac 24 is it appears a commitment is possible in the near future. Did, didn't we just go over how they don't want our opinion on something that might be educated? Well, he does. The oh, other okay. one did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so anyway, yeah, I talked to Tyler Buckner a couple days ago, um, and I've talked to his quarterbacks coach and his high school coach. But I think. Okay. <laughs> Meaning. Yes, yeah. No, there's a really good chance yeah. that Tyler Buckner, Buckner ends up at Notre Dame. There's a good chance that we hear about a verbal commitment fairly soon. Would that be accurate, Pete? Uh, it, we could get back to our old uh, standard of uh, commitment after the podcast, even. How about that? <laughs> uh, it's at, a bad thing, though. Yeah. Yeah, at J underscore swag Z5. Holy cow. All right. Dalen Hayes is one of the top 11 players on defense. On third and nickel situations, Hayes plays on the interior with Khalid Kareem and Julian Oquardin. Any thoughts on him playing on the interior on first or second down, or is weight slash interior line technique an issue? I think it's an issue, and I think Dalen Hayes is going to be, what was it, it was 420 snaps. I should wish I memorized that last year, behind about 150 less than a quarter, maybe. I think he'll play more because he will not miss two games with it. Well, I mean, he could get hurt again. Yeah. But he missed two games. Uh, I like Dalen Hayes a lot in September. I liked him more than other people did, I think. And then I thought he started getting pretty good again at the end of the year. He missed. It, to some fault of his own, he couldn't get over his injury. Like, he, he kind of admitted it. Um, he missed a whole chunk, basically half the year, the, the middle part of the year. And I just think he'll be a very good all-around nickel-dime package player and rotational player for Aquara. They keep him fresh. I think it's good to have a very yeah. high-end third defensive Absolutely. Yeah. Dame never ha- Notre Dame struggles to have one. My, my question in, in response to the question is, why would you want him to play inside on rundowns? Because there's don't like he would not like the uh, defensive tackle alignment like we do, probably. Or... It's well, a question. I, it is an official question mark. So no, it, yeah. it is. But I but I would play any one of the four that are there this spring, the top four, I, over him on the interior and rundowns on first and second down. That's totally agree. Saying. I think people want to get Dalen Hayes on the field more to see if he can as a senior. Yeah, he'll, he's on the field he'll a lot. get. Yeah. No, he'll get. Yeah, yeah he'll as get you said. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's a 500 snap player. That's right. a lot. He's he's fine. His role is fine. The way they did it last year, just 
keep building upon that. Mine is more, not to jump, not jump to the next question, is who replaces Tillery in the nickel, and we will not know that for six months. So no way of figuring it out. All right, at Joseph Rimas. I'm not right? sure. I mean, he's a he's a faithful uh, follower of our podcast. very fired up on Twitter after uh, he hears that we yes. answered his question. Again. I think it's Rimas, right? It's got to be. How I confident don't... are you that Notre Dame can make a playoff run with Shane Simon, Esmer Bilal, Jonathan Jones as the new Rover Buck and Mikes? Well, I'm not that confident. confident. I think he's Notre saying, let's say, they are. Let's, okay. say, let's say they are. Let's um, say they are. Those guys win. Well, okay. Well, here's my point. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, regardless, I'm, I'm not overly confident they're going to go to the playoffs for two years in a row. I mean, other than Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson, who does that? I don't – has Ohio State – Ohio State did it. Okay. Maybe, maybe uh, Oklahoma okay, but I would be last, surprised yeah. if Ohio State did back-to-back No, years, I wouldn't. Oklahoma did the last two years because they kept getting trans- oh, okay. transferring Heisman Trophy winners to come to the yeah. team, which is – actually, if that happens, Notre Dame will go to the playoffs. If the yeah. Heisman Trophy winner but, transfers okay. to Indy this right. year. Uh, how confident are you – the <laughs> yeah. question is how confident are you in those three starting linebackers? Um, I think they'll be okay, but they'll need some, some – development at like Jalen Elliott and Alohi Gilman will have to get better than they already are. Um, you would need Houston Griffith to really click. Um, Troy Pride you would need no click. defensive tackles to get hurt all year. Uh, and then, you know, you probably need a, a Lacey Adamiola to even like surprise you in some ways too. So um, the line, the linebacker position is going to be of the three spots is going to be the weakest link of the team. Um, you know, even if you broke it out into corners, safeties, linebackers, DNs, and D tackles, I think linebackers would still be last I in agree. that group. So I agree. I think that's a position where I think you just need to get good enough, opposed to those guys are really going to be the stars of your defense. The same way that we said there was no way the 2018 line would be as good as the 2017 line. There's oh, yeah, no way. Right. There's no right. way that did I say? You said line, but on defense, oh, yeah. right? Line, offensive yeah. line. Yeah. Offensive line. There's no way that the linebacker core will be better in 2019 than it was in 2018. Nope. No, and that's fine. Um, I, I would have more confidence in this if Jerry Tillery type Jerry Tillery were back because I think they're also not as they're also not as protected right now. When you had that defensive line with Tillery, the imposing force, um, I think the most important guys are that the defensive ends somehow get better. Like are all American level? Like which one of these guys is going to make first team All American and who's going to be third team? Yeah. I mean, you need. Like, when we watched the Cotton Bowl and you saw Cleveland Farrell, Austin Bryant run around, like, there's a level for Okwara and Kareem to go to yep. to get to those And they can. They that, can get to yeah. it, though. Yeah. But it's just like, I, I think that sometimes people who follow Notre Dame think Kareem and Okwara are, like, the end-all, be-all of defensive end play. Clemson's defensive ends were better. They're coming and back they're, this year. They're, yeah. they're up there, and though. And they can, yeah. they can move. Because, look, mm-hmm. Farrell and Bryant made the decision to return for their senior year. Kareem and Okwara did the same thing. So there's there's a lot of upward mobility there. Um, but they were they were so great last season that I think you know the, the fact that they can improve sort of gets lost yeah. up there. No, it's a good question. Playoffs, and so. I you know, I mean I, I'm gonna bring up Jordan Jim Markeith and Jack Lamb again because I think those guys are people that can influence the playing time at those positions. I agree. At cart coffee. Dark roast. Is Avery Davis's position change the last one we'll see this year? Any more position changes possible? Uh, I'm, I would be positive there'll be a position tweaks at linebacker because of their uncertainty there. Yeah, they're they're I, certainly not rolling out the exact same nine yeah. that they have now. That's not a change, I guess, right? 
No, it's like I don't, I don't right. know if that's the spirit of the question from <laughs> Coffee Dark Roast. Uh, let's see, position change. And not bottom of the roster one like Isaiah Roberts. Well, like DJ up. Brown's playing safety, he could end up back at corner. Uh, I mean, you know, guard tackle offensive line, I don't. I don't see. I don't, I'm not sure where it would yeah. happen. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, you're looking for a, another body to throw a defensive tackle. I don't know who that would be other than. They already kind of did that. Howard you know? Cross. You know, yeah. Um, Wilkins, they've. Basically chosen Wilkins to stay there. I thought we thought that was one yeah. that we had heard yeah, about. With Davis and Griffith. Then oh, that's no point sense. now. You're right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I guess nobody is really coming to mind for us off the top of our that's head. That's good radio right there. There it is. A bunch of sputtering. All right, we it. have uh, one more question, and it is this from Irish Ernie: Your thoughts on Brian Kelly staying for another five years, and as one article mentioned recently, being a quote top five football coach. I think that five is as high as you could go on Brian Kelly. But I think that you could go to number five reasonably. Who are uh, three and four? Three and four were Peterson was okay. three, yep. and Riley Lincoln Riley was four, which I cannot argue against, even though he's been a head coach for two years. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess I'd years. like to see a, a greater body of work, but when you're two for two, man, <laughs> two Heisman's, <laughs> yeah. two playoffs, like, yeah, okay, you're good. You're, you're pretty good. good. Well, I, you know, I mean, his defense still is. Fairly pathetic, and and that will. Hopefully, catch. they're using spring for fundamentals this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean Norman. that's going Jeez. to that's going to catch up to them, and unless right. they make I significant mean, strides there, so I guess I would hesitate to to elevate them there. I don't know. You know what? These he's ratings, hard to, he's hard these to ratings low. are these <laughs> and I know I know Stu Mandel, you know, did one, and I, these ratings though are look if a coach has a bad year. He falls way down. Then he has a good year. And then he goes way up. So, did he become bias. a right? Did he become a bad coach and then a good coach, or a good coach and then a bad coach? I don't put a whole lot of stock in this. Does Notre Dame have one of the ten best head coaches in the country? I think we can safely say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, just, what I, I couldn't argue Kelly over Peterson or Riley. And like, yeah, I don't really know why we would discuss Saban and <laughs> we we don't. But, then we're not going well, to. Like, you know, kind of Kirby Smart. Franklin, Shaw, I mean, I think D'Antonio is really good, even though he's, I think, sort of struggling, off, off, yeah. off the boil a little bit. Um, yeah, I think if we had talked about this last year, then I like the yeah, six we, nine we, we could have said, like, eh, you know, maybe 14, 15, like, he's good, but not, like, maybe not yeah, which, which is he's my point, right, which is my point, that yeah. it's it's kind of... It, it renders itself somewhat meaningless with the recency bias that it, comes yeah. into play. Because in the last two years, he's the only top five possible coaches for this. Or top six possible coaches are Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, Kirby Smart, and Peterson. And then here's right? another thing. Okay, we're That's basing it upon we're basing upon the the, Contention the upper in the echelon. Okay, yeah. but what about? Um, oh no! Yeah. The, what about a different uh, world. Uh, help me here? I'm, again, Matt Campbell. Matt, Matt Rule, Campbell. Matt Cam- I mean, Matt Campbell. What he does at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that he isn't a better coach? But he he can't recruit to right. the extent those guys can. Right. Bill Snyder for years was a better coach than sure. a lot of coaches. But that's right. not. That's oh, yeah. you got to include recruiting and what you can get done. Bill Snyder is a top ten coach. Yeah, for crying yeah, out loud. But at Kansas State. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right. That's they're totally. I don't. I think in the spirit of the question, it's. You got to talk about the situation they're in too. I mean, yeah. Well, and, uh, staying for five more years. What do you think about that? What do you think about? That? I think. I mean, I think he would go if he wanted. I mean, I asked him last summer. I know. I know. How I, long do you want to stay? And he's like, I don't know. Talk about this, but 
if we win a title this year, maybe we'll have a different conversation. Yeah, I'll be I, I think I think that would be a way for Brian Kelly to really cement his legacy at well, Notre so Dame is if you win a title at Brian Kelly, no, I mean, it. and then not come, like, let's say you win it, Rodney right, Leahy, yeah. let's say you've lost, let's say, let's say don't win it this year, a couple years down the line or something like that, or two years down the line, and or they win it this year and there's an exodus of talent. You look at that, right? I just won a national title for Notre Dame in my 10th year. They're not winning the national title. I'm saying, but we, we no, I know. But before last year, we said we wouldn't have said playoffs. I think I said the same. Yeah, right. you're yeah, right. They, no, did, you're they right. didn't make. They lost Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey, and they made the playoffs. You know, it's it, it, now they didn't come close to winning the national title, obviously. But I'm saying if Brian Kelly, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say this for him. If Brian Kelly's smart and he wins the national title, he should retire this year. I totally agree. Yeah, that's. I think I, how if really he's, if he's, yes if, you 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 want well, everybody wants, back. What if he wants <laughs> so to work? I. See, you that, you can you can determine for him that he should quit coaching. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's my opinion. I, I, it's my opinion. It's, I'm our, tr- podcast. it's, it's our podcast. <laughs> no, I, I think that Brian Kelly has other interests outside of football. Yeah, you know. Well, I'm sure he does. I, I well, I guess you know. I was going to say, where would he go? You're saying he just he would stop coaching completely. Yeah, just for a year or two. Pull Urban Meyer. Come back. Come back and coach <laughs> I, somewhere else. I think he would stop. I think he would too. I think he'd go to TV or do. Something yeah, else. life would be a lot. I think he would take his headset, throw it on the ground, yeah. walk out of the tunnel, and be like, "See ya." He did say, "When do they play Ohio State? Tell he, me when the he, statue's he, being built. I'll come back." For that. He did. <laughs> he did say, "You wouldn't want to win two national titles. One would uh, that would su- suffice. Yes. That would, yes. Oh yes, yeah, one hundred percent. It would right now. Good. One would suffice." Oh, I would love it. I'm I, all for it. it. If Notre Dame fans <laughs> could sign up for a national title this year and go four and eight the next year with their new coach, they would sign up for it right now. I as, as Charlie Weiss would always say, sign me up <laughs> Who for that. Who cares about four and eight three years ago? Now they're good. Now, I, <laughs> just... Well, I just I I guess Pete, maybe you know Brian Kelly better than I do. I, I he would walk no, away I with just... a national title. Wait, but... When do they play Ohio State? He said when he had to announce the Ohio State series. I'll be sipping my ties on a beach. When twenty twenty three? Yeah, it's not that far away. He okay. national Five title. more years, not... which is what he's talking I, if about. He, coaching. It, I you know I. Kelly and I may retire at the same time if he stays five more years. I just, like, I look at it, I think he's got other things going on in his life that probably are interesting. I don't think he's going to coach till he's seventy. Obviously, now, he's made um, he's made a good amount of money here at Notre Dame, and yes. then he would continue to make money. He would continue to make money. Yes. Yeah, more by winning a national title. So win it, be Tony go Rice, out, go out in a good way. I think that I think he would be happy if. People were like, "Oh yeah, Brian Kelly, national championship." But winner. okay, well, I mean, what do you? I, and I think it'll walk out like be, this too. You would be. Oh, yeah. I, I, I guess what? Uh, what do you think? I mean, would you be if you're Notre Dame? Should you be pleased that Brian Kelly stays five more years? I, I guess it's kind of a fairly uh, easy answer. Yeah, because he's point, not. He's not going. He's not going six and six. Yeah, but there's a lot of fans that don't. They don't. Yeah, they. Not, uh, he's won ten games plus uh, three of the last four years, and there's still a lot of Notre Dame fans who would like him to leave now. That's weird, but they had a problem with the, the <laughs> third year. The third year was not eight wins either. I mean, the one. The, I mean, the other year you're talking about was really bad. But that's why they're yeah, bad. Describing that as yeah. a non-ten win season yeah. sort of like doesn't capture the spirit. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a little not, bit up. Not by a long shot. Times two. It's not yeah, a ten win I think season. if Brian Kelly wins a national title this year, everybody should just retire. It'd be great. Just everybody could just kind of ride off and I enjoy life for a week. I, I mean. You guys, the, the, you guys are way too young. So, yeah. the, I mean, the dynamics are interesting. I don't mean just us. I meant everyone um, listening. I think clearly he will be here beyond Jack Swarbrick, right? I would imagine that's, that's the case. I think that will be the case for sure. And I <laughs> better keep winning ten games. Then. Yeah, and no, I just think that five five more years, 
overall, if they're if they were like the last couple of years where they're ten win seasons, but they're not. You're not playing for a title. Oh, you can't get blown out in major bowls, right? And, and but I just think that that's un like maybe they'll win a, a New Year's Six bowl at some point. Um, but it's it's difficult for for me because I think this is sort of off Pete Thamel's story with Brian Kelly, where like he really wants to to chase down Alabama and Clemson. I don't think they're chasing down Alabama and Clemson in the next five years. You know what? You guys asked this question, or maybe I did. After four and eight, and they kept Kelly. Twenty nine wins, I think, was what I put the benchmark at for three oh, yeah. years, and it's twenty two in two years. Certainly hope he exceeds twenty nine wins uh, in he, three he years. W- he will. So let's say five years. Let's say four years. Four years starting now. Thirty nine wins, including this year's team. Um, I think that they will go over that. Then he could. Then he might want to be around for five years. I do. I do think. Um, he'll go over that. All right, last thing. Does Notre Dame win 10 games during the regular season this year? Abstain. It's April. It's March. It's not even April. You're abstaining. <laughs> I'm, no I'm trying to wrap up the podcast in a, with a crescendo. And your your vote is present. <laughs> I just I just hope they can beat Pittsburgh at the peak. All right, don't All yeah, right, don't. No. T- <laughs> on March 8th. I will say no, and I reserve the right do, to okay. change my Do they vote. win 10 games with the bowl game? Sure. <laughs> yes. All right. Everybody listening to this can hold it. I'm not Brian. Yeah. You're, 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 you're upstanding again. too? <laughs> Ridiculous. You we don't have a crystal ball. Peter. No, I'll say, I, I'll say 10 wins with the bowl game. Now, that could be that could be 10 and 2 and losing the bowl game. That could be 9 and 3 okay. and winning the bowl game. But but I will say this, and la- last thing, I, I, I said this to Tim the other day. The last time they lost this much talent was after 2015. Yeah, I, I, they, they lost a lot. They now they've lot. got way more coming back in 2019 than they, than they did in 2016. And Brian Van Gorder is a defensive coordinator at Bowling Green, so that is a. I don't know who the kicker is going to be. How do I know if they're going to win ten games? It's a good point. <laughs> but you usually have it. Just say, I got to save these opinion, for the summer. Yes. <laughs> in my opinion, all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. I want to thank the Black Tux and Warby Parker, our sponsors. We will be back a week from today. Uh, today is the 8th, so we'll be back on the 15th. And then from that point, it after that, through the rest of spring, yeah, we, we are two podcasts a week. Uh, if you want to see our schedule, we have a tentative schedule through the first week of April on uh, the Four Horsemen Lounge on Irish Illustrated. If you're not subscribing to Irish Illustrated, please do. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you uh, next Friday. <laughs>